Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. A star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Hey everyone, I'm so excited. I'm excited today. I have, you know, I have very interesting guests, but this guest today, you know, I have known him since I started doing, he was doing stand-up way before me and was a rock star when I started in like 1982, 83. He was already a rock star and tall and hot. His career is, well, his career is beyond phenomenal, but his life is so fascinating, which, you know, I did all my research. So <laughs> I am thrilled. And he has a, you know, a headphone from 1970 <laughs> when he first started, you know. No, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, <laughs> Rick Overton is here. Woo! Thank you, Judy. Love you, Judy. I love you. Rick, you're so, okay. So, you know, I do a lot of research because I love people's stories. Your childhood to me is so fascinating. First of all, you were born in Forest Hills. You grew up in Englewood, New Jersey, right? Uh, Father, there's a story mother. to it. There's a story yeah, to I it. know. I'll, I'll there's a yeah, Disney Gillespie yeah. story. I know everything about you. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> father, mother, younger brother. Your father, I mean, it's just like, I can't even believe these are your parents. Your father mm. was the a uh, band arranger for Thelonious Monk, among so many others, uh, mm -hmm. taught at Juilliard, taught at Yale, uh, created sort of bebop, jazz, like such a major influence. Your mother, whose given name is Anne, but uh, she went by Nancy, was a singer. And she was in the, what is it? The Shoredettes, the Cordettes? The Cordettes. Cord, Cord. Cordettes. Is it the Cord? Look, I have a piano. Yeah, the Cordettes. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lollipop, <laughs> and you know the song Lollipop and Mr. Uh, Sandman. Yeah. And your parents, your mother didn't stop performing until she had, you know, your brother and decided. Steve, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Um, so, who has turned out to be a stupendous musician and has a lot of stuff on YouTube. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't I know mean, why it jumped know over me. You know, I kept a little of the timing and I just used it differently. Now, your mother, like, I would like to, to say that, you know, your mother was born Anne Swan, but she's known Swain. as Swain. 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 I didn't see the AI because I write like shit, um, <laughs> but was known as Nancy Swain Overton. I want to start with your grandparents, your mother's parents, 
your your mother's father was a physicist mm-hmm. and your mother's mother was uh played piano and was a suffragette i mean she was a suffragette she was a badass from the, from the early century i mean did you ever meet them yeah you did okay you got yeah, grandpa your, yeah. grandpa didn't live that long but grandma right. went a little longer way he had a stroke and so he died peacefully in sleep at the age of 67 and uh grandma went on to be 88. So what was your, did you see them? What was your, because I, you know, my grandmother, that's the Jew bell. Anytime I mention anything Jewish, I ring a bell. So my grandmother, (laughs) uh, Dorothy was born in 1896 and um, she lived till I was 25. And I shared a bedroom with her on the weekends. Like uh, she came to visit every weekend and I, I had the biggest room because I was a baby. No, but I shared a room with her. And, you know, Mm. she was 24 when women got the right to vote. You know, I lived with I had 25 years with a woman who was from a different center, different time had experienced, you know. So were you close with your grandmother or did you spend you were? Yeah, not so much with dad's mom. And we didn't go to visit as much. And she wasn't the same sort of outgoing individual. Right. She was a stoic farm life person. And right. And pop over, over to they were very quiet. And right. sort of kept to themselves on the farm there in Kalamazoo. But uh, no, Grandma, we called her Diffy, Edith. We called her Diffy. You know, she came out of sort of an Ivy League setting. And she didn't go for it so much, you know. Right. Not every not every element, uh, not every element of it was suitable for her at right. a time when every element was supposed to. Be. Right. And so she put up uh, resistance in places where people had not seen any such thing. And grandpa was kind of this chill physicist guy. And by the way, what I mean by chill is, you know, he was very, very high up cleared guy. He was right. like a bimini nuclear test and oh uh, my god they wanted him to participate on the manhattan project but he was of the school that you set these off you run the risk of turning earth into a star because maybe they don't stop and they chain react and eat earth right and he was mistaken about that but they still had clearance with him he had full eye he could walk he could walk on the nautilus when it was brand new you know that kind of stuff so he had he was way up there, you know, and he was the editor of uh, Power Magazine for many years. Now, you want to hear a crazy story? Yes. My mom saw Hitler. Oh, my God. I, this is my favorite episode ever. Are you kidding? Oh, I don't, I don't know why I rang the Jew bell. Yeah, but the government, the, the, yeah. the German government was wooing American scientists in yes. the 30s. Yep. And so our government approached him and said, you have to go in and bring your family to give this a legitimate look and you need to go take a look at what he's building that is breaking the Versailles treaty. And then you got to come back after he is showing off to you and dining and whining you and you got to come back and you got to get out of there somehow. And you got to get back and say what he's doing. And so my grandpa was one of the people to say he's building up. And, they, and, they had, and my mom saw, yeah. my mom saw all the people milling around the streets until they all formed this line and guards started forming a line and everyone got scared and stiffed and all threw their right arm in the air. 
mom couldn't really see. She, she's looking through people because she's a little right. girl. But she looked through and she saw this 1930s car go by. And there, there he is with the hand going by. And that was it. And she saw him for a second, you know. And uh, they were staying with a German officer who had a Jewish mistress. And she was not identified as such. And right. uh, he was protecting her. And she was helping my my uh, grandparents get out of Germany. And so they 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 put all their asses on the line to get them out. But if they right. got that's why I'm here. If they got out. So, uh, that is fucking fascinating. That there's a lot I, of several people did. They're not the only ones. He's not the one. Right, right. But just the fact that your mother everywhere. So she must have, what was she like? 10, 11 year, Like how was she? Was six, it, something like oh, six. Oh, she was six. Okay. Wow. That's early thirties, you know, early and she mid-30s. never, she never forgot that image, which is, okay. Well, uh, I mean, I know, but wow. So he, uh, yeah, believe- he brought back about, he brought up information about the fact that these airliners are not just airliners. Right. That they, uh, no way are you loading luggage through these big drop swinging doors in the bottom of an airliner like that. Right. It's not luggage. Right. That's not for luggage. Wow. And so these they're making bombers and putting windows on the side to make them look like airliners from a photograph. So you can't tell. And then they just paint them German and then they're a right. bomber. So wise up, everybody. And we didn't build our air force up in time. We had the weakest air force of all right. the countries. That is incredible. <clears throat> Wow. I can't, I don't even know what to say. I'm just shocked. I can't, I, I just, oh my God. So, so your grandfather had dinner with Hitler or is or, large or, groups of science. He was with a large group of scientists. It wasn't he, a separate thing. He was with a lo- row of guys from America, from England, from different places that were coming out. Right. And to checking visit. the whole situation. Yeah. England got hit, man. They started building Spitfires and Hurricanes right away. Right. They go, okay, get to work, everybody. Right. It's on. We didn't. We thought we're big America. We're too far yeah. away from them. Oh, really? I, I don't. I, th- I don't think much has changed from that point. What do you think your <laughs> grandfather would think about this global warming and climate change? I mean, he. he yeah. Yeah, he's a smart man. He would have. Uh, he did think about Earth first. I mean, yeah. even his decision about nuclear weapons was sort of a choose the planet first and go right. a little slower into this venture with breaking an atom. Well, know? that's way ahead of his time. Oh, my God. I can't. I am. Ugh. Scientists were men of reason. Right. Or women of reason. Uh, Madame Curie, whoever, who would put themselves at risk first, like Madame Curie. Right. And uh, and be the the one to be experimented upon. And I. The thing about corporate science, which has sort of replaced regular science these days, corporate science doesn't enter with the same motives. Corporate right. science is you do everything to find A. Right. Rather than you go out, search for the alphabet. And you then, it's about learning. This isn't about learning. This is about forcing and even lying to make an A fit in an A-hole. Right, right. You know, my, my uh, great uncle, great, great uncle. No, my great uncle. Uh, Joseph Goldberger cured pellagra, and he also worked for the government. Uh, he went down south where all these low income people were dying. Uh, mm. and he proved he infected himself, he approved that it wasn't um contagious, 
And it was actually a vitamin deficiency that was causing all these people to die down south. And uh, what a hero. Yeah. And he what a real deal hero. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I got a little, you know, oh, oh, that's Um, fantastic. Yeah. And his wife, he ended up dying and his wife was his assistant and she was left with nothing. And uh, she petitioned Congress to get a pension. Like, she's the first person to say, look, I was working with my husband on this. I, I got to support my family now. And she petitioned Congress. And Wow. So, right. That's right. What's God damn. What's uh, your name? His name was her name. What's his name? His name's Joseph Goldberger. Dr. Joseph Goldberger. Dr. Goldberger. And he gave my mother, who was born in 22, her vaccines. Vaccines, people, you fucking idiots. You stupid fucking fucks. Anyway. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required, okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me, I never lie, Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50, to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Your mom, um, is she she grew up in Grand Rapids. Is that correct? No, no someone grew, no. did. Someone grew up in Grand Rapids. Wait, I have a whole Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. That was dad. That, that was, was your dad father. On the farm. 
Right. So that your was father's the Overton on the farm. farm, which then got bought up by a much bigger tract of land. And right, that was it, it for farming. And his high, your father's high school music teacher recognized a gift in him and said and, and sent him to Chicago Musical College. His hands. He had beautiful hands. Span. It was right. a, like a it goes a football throw, you know. Wow. That's like my son, and I wanted him claw. to play. Yeah. Claw. He can grab. Can he palm the ball? Yeah, he plays He plays college basketball, yeah. Um, but huge hands. But it's so, it's so, you know, like, it's interesting because your father had a teacher who recognized this, who set him on a path, which, you know, that's why teachers are so fucking important. And, you know, Irving Berlin was sent to get lessons. Um and the teacher said, no, I'm not going to fuck with this. And there you go. Um, so it's teacher. So now we've now we've discussed scientists and teachers. OK. And who are treated like the shittiest shit in our country right now? Scientists and teachers. OK, so um, your father met your mother working, right? Tommy she- Tucker and his two timers. Tommy Tucker and the moonlighting. He was moonlighting the keys for Tommy Tucker and his two timers and met mom when she was singing with them. And uh, mom was one of the uh, Ray Heatherton's Heathertones and uh, on the Burt Park show. And so she was in the earliest days of black and white TV. She was not one of the original quartets. We'll get to that later. But she right. was one of the original Heathertones. And right. it was made. Uh, they were uh, sort of in the in the Andrew sisters level harmony yes. kind of thing. But because of it, she would, the, 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 the Cordettes would be the transitional group into girl rock. It's one of the first transitions into girl rock at all. Right. With harmonies and stuff like that. And so she was in not the first issue of the group. You know, they, they trade up members when someone gets right. sick and or one pregnant of them, or married. One of them got pregnant or something. One of them got pregnant. Right? Can't zip that skinny dress right. up anymore. Mom jumps yeah. in to do uh, car shows in the road. And so right. I go on the road. So yes, I, was that's, early, I have that. very that's, early indoctrinated yeah. into the road, you know, and I would see yeah. comedians. I would right. see comedians going on first. And I go, oh, now, wait a minute. That doesn't require any music training. It's so funny that. You know, your brother's a musician. You've oh, he's said, so good. Uh, oh, duh. I mean, and you've said that you got your timing, not from your father, but from your mother. Um, I've read that. Mom would- gave me my wordplay. Right. Dad gave me that sort of a cool thing you can do with it. But right. dad mostly hipped me to the people who did do it. Right. Because being a jazz guy, <laughs> you have to be cool. And as we know, cool is kind of not the best friend of comedy. Right. Cool, because cool is what you don't show in the way of vulnerability, which is right. really required for the gig to work. You right. Know? And so uh, he he's kind of in an interesting position there, a, a corner in a way, because you got to be a cool jazz guy. Right. You can't give right. that up for those other I parts. Mean, there's but, not- oh, you wish, unless you're yeah. Pete Barbuti or something like that, you don't really get that. So he was kind of, Laying it on me really early, like maybe you and it. It was true. <laughs> he called that one. You know, parents don't always call right. their, their suppressed dream upon the, the child. But this one, he kind of it did. It worked. So I'm grateful. You know, it's <coughs> it's so true. I have never met an uncool jazz musician. N- not ever. 
I mean, and it's not, and it's a whole other level of cool. It's not even like, and you can't fake it. You cannot fake it. It's like they're, they're, I mean, I, I go listen to jazz all the time and I just, I'm fascinated because it's, it's so communicative, you know, and it's so organic and it's so like, how the fuck, I mean, I don't know. It's like otherworldly to me. You know what I mean? It's like ESP. I, I don't know. I just, I, I fucking love jazz. And, you know, I was doing research on you, which then led me to watch like a thousand Thelonious Monk uh, videos and his hands, you know, because you look at his hands and, you know, I took piano lessons forever. I was a music major, but never did anything with it. But, you know, his, his hands are in the wrong, if any teacher would be like, stop that, stop that, you know? And he was, it was just, straight fingers <laughs> and it's going all over the fucking place two, two fingers yeah. and hit the two notes yeah, at once yeah, get yeah, that yeah. bebop Dana, you know oh my god okay so <laughs> you're a little boy your mother's your mother's a, a beautiful by the way I, I mean everything i read about her she was stunning and and she's traveling you know what was did they get married was it like this big love story was it you know, oh my God, I'm in love with you. Did And were you planned? Do you think you were planned? Because I mean, for a woman to go on the road with her baby then, you know, was unusual. Well, truth be known, we were both what we were described as wonderful accidents. Oh. So and it wasn't really in the book. God. Right. Yeah, you know, dad was a pretty big, virile dude, and you know, oh, it's only a matter of time. Really. Right. <laughs> you lived in Forest Hills, right? Um, up yeah. until what, six, seven? How old were you? Uh, moved out in '66 because okay. uh, a certain somebody yes. found, uh, so you found were a eight. pad to live right. here for, for us and dad. So you, you're on. Two the guys road. did, yeah, right. Well, you're on the road with your mother. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it would happen. Sometimes it was fun. Get Uh to go out more than I was little. Once school started, I had to sort of stick around. And that has sort of becoming a pressure on mom. Then who's going to stick around for mom? Right. Especially then. Teaching at Juilliard or the new school or whatever. So back then, it's sort of your job is you got to, and you have now Steve on the way. There's just no way. We, I can't, we can't afford to have a daycare scenario or whatever. Right. So. It became a problem. And mom felt that her dream was sort of going into the thing because of that. And, and then, that sort of that stayed with her her whole life, you know, yeah. on one level or another. And then she reformed the group later and it was right. It's all better to get her voice out there again. So she basically. Uh, you, so what do you all you remember about going on the road with her? You remember there was a comic that and they, they were car and you love cars. Yeah. Love George Burns. Cars. My George yeah. Burns story. I, we no way. This, uh, and I think. It was the Ohio County Fair, but uh, there was a pool by the hotel. And there was also a little tiny putting course that I, for some reason, decided to turn into a driving range. And I I hit that ball. So it was and it went in the pool. I didn't really plan that part. Right. But it was a good accident because uh, then this this old cat with bald and crispy brown in the sun 
And he just went. Bruce went down, came up. Here you go, young man. I know that voice. George Burns. Oh, my God. Because I'm George Burns. <laughs> and he says, can you find a pen? And, I, and and as he was signing George Burns on the golf ball, I, I, I did a joke and I got a laugh at him. I said, wow, George really burns. Uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know the senior approval laugh. Of, yes, oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't really like a real laugh, but yeah, it was yeah, an yeah. acknowledgement that I would never forget. Right, and that was kind of a formative moment to, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm funny. It was a validation. Yeah. That's fucking. That was. Great. That's a big one right there. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, you are your your brother comes and Dizzy Gillespie calls. Because yeah. you're friends with, like, did you, were you aware at this age of the, who these people were and what they meant to the culture of our country and music? and Not entirely. Yeah. But I know what they meant to my parents. Right. And that was my universe at that point. So right. their approval was kind of a pretty good standard guide. Right. For what's probably... Yeah, this is something I should pay a lot more attention to. And I tried, you know, I tried the music thing a right. little bit, but I, I, it didn't that's take. my brother's deal. That's, yes. that's for Steve. That's right. his thing. Can you tell me, Dizzy Gillespie calls and says, look, there's a house next door. Like what, how did, how did you end up moving to Englewood, New Jersey? Well, Diz. Diz. Oh my God, you said Diz. Okay. Yeah, that's what everyone said. Hey, Diz is coming over for dinner tonight, and uh, and uh, Thelonious too. Maybe, maybe you know he doesn't always. He's he's in his world, so he'll yeah. say he'll make a plan, and always not you know. So we uh, we would have dinner table get-togethers because both of them thought that Dad should move out to Anglewood because parking was getting nuts in Forest Hills, Queens in '66. Right. Parking, parking was getting nuts. Still bad. It's still bad. It you was know. what. There was parking before that in 65. <laughs> I don't know. No one remembers parking in right. <laughs> for you buy a spot for a thousand right. bucks a month. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what we did. We moved out to uh, the flat part down on the bottom, you know, near Dwight Morrow High School, where I wound yes, up going to school with went. John Travolta. Yeah. Oh, my God. So. Who were I wasn't Richie Lewis's. I wasn't his generation. Yeah, I know you're. You're very young. A little later, little bit, yeah. just a tiny bit later. But everyone was talking about him. Yeah, they were. Well, they were saying he was great and funny and all that right, stuff. Right, and when right. I was trying to move my way into Funny Town, people would go, "Yo, yo, you're another yeah. one of those Lewises, huh?" Yeah, you're at. You're in Englewood, New Jersey. You're surrounded by these people are coming in and out of your house. These incredible people. Like, did you know you were different than these other kids? Like, because I grew up in New Jersey. Where were you, Judy? I was in Clark. Yeah, you guys. What was it? What was your sport? Ours was basketball. What was your kill oh, sport? Oh, no, they loved fo- football and football. The and the KKK. We weren't that good. With, yeah. We weren't as strong. Yeah. With, uh, oh, they were what? They were they were, really? Yeah, they had a lot of like. Cross burn is ridiculous. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Jersey's um, not all one thing. No. Did you know that your childhood was filled with so much stuff that other kids didn't have? Like, were you aware of that? To a certain degree, I was, though I wouldn't have, you know, 
I wouldn't go around acknowledging that. Right, right, <laughs> get, right. Get your ass kicked for one more reason. Right. But uh, it would be, though, it was a community of other artists and their children. Right. A lot of New Yorkers who wanted a Manhattan suburb, which is what Englewood was ultimately supposed to be. Right. Uh, or Englewood Cliffs, certainly. Yes. You know, they're. And a lot of times, because of the way school zoning was arranged, the kids from the cliffs would come down and go to Dwight Morrow with the kids from the flat part. Right. The middle class guys like me. Yeah. And so we would hang out with the ones who had all these other things in their lives because it was all it was very much an arts community kind of based town, though. And at that time, I think that was the case. I don't know if it's still the case, though. I hear things just changed as they do. Yeah. I hope their departments are as strong. Yeah. Someone should make sure that they are. What was school like? Just regular? Did you play sports? I mean, you're six four. You're, you know, they you bugged know. me about it, but yeah, same. Really interested at all? I, know. I got other shit to do, man. I got yeah. jokes to tell. I got things to create. I don't want to spend time just ruining my knees at this age, right. you know. So you are in high school, and John with John Travolta, and yeah, he didn't was, stay for his last year either. He, he is he, gone doing Greece. What was uh, he like? What was he popular? Was he like, did everyone, was everyone like, oh my God, that's John Travolta or like. It's a little bit. He, no, it was starting to be a really? little bit after his uh, Coke commercial. Right. And then did he, um, was he in the school play or anything? I don't remember hearing about it. If he was, that isn't oh how God. we knew him. He was kind of off doing bigger stuff. Yeah. school plays by the time everybody talked about John Travolta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was in flying school with him, with Miss Pat. No way! With we, Ms. Uh, Dwight Morrow, Ms. Patton, and oh, she was okay. one of the first female right. pilots in America at the right. time, and, and she uh, was in the uh, WAX, Women's Air Corps. Right. And uh, she's a tough, badass gal. You think and she was she, a lezzy? Oh, clearly she was, and she had a sweetheart in the school. That's right, baby! And we, everyone knew about both of them. No one gave the remotest shit. We all right. wanted to learn how to fly. And we're completely confident with her teaching us how to get that Cessna up off the ground. Right. So uh, my first flying experience is pulling that yoke back. Right. Don't go too fast to keep it steady. Keep watching the artificial horizon. All of that. I know that because of Ms. Pat. All my, no. all my ability to fly right now is based on her. Do you find it interesting that a lesbian taught John Travolta and yet John Travolta cannot come out of El Closeto? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a go. very it's a very homophobic and sexist uh, action film industry yes. for action. And, and, and it might be different if he weren't known so much for the action stuff, but because know, he but plays so these ridic- heroes. I know, but it's so stupid, I'm not defending Rick. it. I I'm know, saying but that's, don't you- that's what the, the battle in the head is, though. It's a but torturous it's also battle. Scientology, you know, they can't, oh, you know, uh-huh. you know what I'm I guess saying, so, baby? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, baby? Yeah. They, they, um, you, they, they don't like admitting to certain things, but I think everyone's model of how this works is outdated and they don't need to be afraid of it as they have traditionally held on to being right. And tradition isn't always up to date as we know. And so they could probably introduce another kind of hero. Now, if they did it the right way and pander and talk down about or virtue signal about if you just had this, this 
person be a motherfucker. Right. And and go like full um what born Jason Bourne on something, right. you'll let the rest of it go. Well, look you at just the want to see the player. glitch. People just yeah. He just comes out. He's like, you know, I just I wish I didn't have to do this. Blah. But then we find out he's a Trump supporter. So whatever. You know, I love my liquid IV that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know, I've been bragging about Ben, my son, Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out, I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! Okay, so you leave high school. By the way, you all, I know you say you're not musical, but you do play the harmonica. Um, I do play the harmonica. I think I'm pretty good on the old harp because that's, thank you, Uncle Robert Klein. Love you, Robert Klein. Ding. And, uh, and, and also thank you, Mrs. Wilson in fourth grade. I love you, Mrs. Wilson. I love you. Yeah, she encouraged my creativity on every level. And even my music and my ability to sing when I was singing, you know, the national anthem and all of that, she would be encouraging to me. So there's like only a handful of people that really said, besides my parents, you might be able to actually do something with that. So I I went forward thanks to these individuals and their encouragement in my life. Okay, so there you go. Just like your father, teachers influenced your life for this. This is dedicated to teachers. Yes, this is dedicated to teachers all over the world. Okay. So uh, you started doing stand-up in high school as a team, uh, Overlin, oh, I mean, Overton and Sullivan. 
Overton and Pastor was the first team in high school. It was Overton and Pastor, and oh, Anthony Pastor was. Yes. And, and we and if it's in Wikipedia, we need to fix that. I'll get on it. Thank you. Um, I don't usually use Wikipedia, but whatever. Okay, good. It's uh, so Anthony Pastor, who is now a very very successful salesperson in the meat industry across the nation. Right. He, uh, he does it, giant allotments, you know, millions right. of bucks at a time. Right. And uh, his dad was in that biz. But while we were in high school, we were the two-man team. And we would do assemblies and get laughs doing skits and stuff right. like that. We were doing morning announcements with characters and voices. Remember, there were morning teams that would yes. do all the sound effects back then on the radio. We yes. kind of like, well, maybe we got a little place for us in that radio scene before we go live somewhere. And uh, then his his world took him down to Florida to get back into the the real world again, you know, and the sales thing. And immediately he took off to be great. So I was like, I, I need a partner. God, I can't really do this. I'm right. I, I got to find a guy. My buddy Bill Spitz says, I got the guy for you, Roger Sullivan. He's this wild man, inventive, creative, Marty Feldman kind of dude. And uh, he, uh, so Roger and I uh, went to Watkins Glen, did acid and started doing a sketch together. Oh my God, and that's hilarious. And while, while the band was on stage, dong, dong, boom, 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 setting up, we did like a, a, a bit for a half hour that had a huge circle of people all looking around at us at the end and applauding. And we said, oh, man. This is it. We have to do a comedy team. <laughs> and uh, then we, we did for five years. But the problem with the team is, of course, they're only paying you for one increment of right. time. And now it was artist. You're a genius. You were a virtuoso right. tonight. You're magnificent. Now it's whose premise was more important than whose punchline. Right. Who owns the car? Who pays the gas? Who's booking the gigs? Who's putting the time on the phone? Right. And that marriage is done. And it's so real. Yeah, that it is really it is a marriage. You know, it's like and you really have to make sacrifices and. And you get paid half the fucking money. It's ridiculous. I don't know how they do it unless they brokered a great deal for what they got. You know, right. they got to figure this part out. It's two yeah. people. It's, I don't know. I don't know. So all props to the genius of Roger Sullivan. You know, uh, he, uh, he he did a little bit of his own stuff on his own afterwards, like I did. And uh, then in, uh, a series of unfortunate things and an illness claimed him and his heart uh, took him. R.I.P. Okay, you then went to the improv on 44th between 9th and 10th in the early 70s and started doing solo stand-up, correct? Uh, 78 would be 78. when Roger and I split right. up. And uh, then I went back to the places where we were when we were the two of us. Right, right, sometimes right. it was awkward because Roger would be there too. And be, Hey, man, hey, man. And, oh, God. Um, you know, uh, good I, set. Yeah, good set. <sighs> yeah, shit. It's so uncomfortable, but oh, ever, I don't know what to do. But this is where this is where we work. Did you ever this is the place? Did you ever see him do something you guys and you were like, oh, that's mine? Yeah. Well, only to a degree, and he was right. very thorough about trying not to do that. Right. And he should have. He should have done more. He put so much work into some of that right. there, but he was going to do his own thing, and it just stubborn. Didn't yes, uh, stubborn, and it wasn't going where it ought to. So and it should have. He was very esoteric in certain right. ways, and he needed another boost. He needed another partner. Yeah. I think some he needed another need partner. A partner. 
Um, I think so. You're at the who's at the improv uh, in the late 70s? Who are the acts there? I mean, I know you worked with Andy Kaufman. Um, Elaine. Elaine. Elaine was Boozler there all the time. Off. The unsung, unsung uh, heroine. Look at her influence even on I'm Dying Up Here, which, by the oh. way, your work took my breath away. You oh, thank got you. me to actually cry. Uh, oh, my God. I love you, Rick. I love you right back. Your work was breathtaking, breathtaking on that show. I would sit back. I would replay it, replay it, just watch you. But just revealing what this is like and right. for a woman and for you to then embody a comedian back then when it was right. really a boys Shit. club. Yeah. You know this world so well. You played her to a brilliant tee and you should have gotten more acknowledgement for it. Oh, Rick, it's just I love deserve it of an you. award. Thank oh, you. you took my breath. Brad Garrett also took my breath. He oh. made me cry, too. Yeah. Remember when he's man. hanging on the ledge? And he goes, yes. And he's tired and he's crying in that scene. Right. He's amazing. And he's getting me right now. Yeah. So yeah, I would, any day of the week, I would so love to work with you again one day. You know, oh, and, and, and I have more you. scenes together. Yes. Have more scenes because we had great stuff. We just, yeah. you know, we're where we yeah. were. But I thought that show had more places to go. Don't you? I do. Yes, I totally did. I don't know what the fuck. It's just like TV is so weird. You know, there's yeah. so many great things and they just don't get made or they get cut off or whatever. But I... That was the first time anyone really gave me this opportunity to show that I could act. And I was so hoping I would get other work. Motherfuckers. Um, this is a weird business. Ladman was magnificent. Yes, magnificent. Magnificent yeah. and uh, perfect. And uh, all the guys were. It's every comic who went on there showed one whole other deal going on with right. them that they should be taken seriously for other kinds of stuff. Right. So you're at the you're at the improv. Uh, Boozler, I've had on the podcast. I talked to her oh, all yeah. the time. Uh, she is as a you know there there were two people I think that really had a profound effect on me as a little girl and all through you know Joan Rivers was a huge influence on me. But when I was in thank high you school, Joan. Exactly. And and when I was in high school, I would watch Elaine. And I was like, you know, it was mind boggling. Like, I'm like this. I can do this. But her. She's fucking genius. I mean, her body of work is unbelievable. And I feel like, you know, I spoke to her recently and she's she's done. You know, like you can't fight that much more. You know, she's living her life. And it's so sad. That well, for women, it looks like Italy is doing nice things. For yes. Her. Viva Italia for those two. She's they, the, they're she, just yeah. going to all the sites and uh, kicking it back with the local food and all that stuff. So uh, my, just, a mi million blessings and much joy to those yes. two. They've they've earned some of that. That absolutely. And she yeah, she's incredible. All right. So who were who were who was in Andy, your class? Andy was there yeah. a lot. And, yeah. uh, and she was back very in 78. Cool. They yeah, lived well, together, right? Yeah. They did. They did. Yeah. And I, uh, I, and a lot of people don't know, I was the first guy to take the pitcher of water from Tony Clifton. No way. Yeah. Rogers, right in the early days when I was stuck breaking apart with Roger. Right. And so, guys, we don't know if we have a set for you tonight. Well, then I'm going to do the plant thing with him. And he's like, oh, oh come on, man. What the, then, then they can't, we can't be the team afterwards. We don't have that tonight. Right. So I'm going to do this. And so the thing is, I got to be an audience guy. Like I sit there the whole time and be a regular audience guy. Right. So he can go, ah, you down front. You want to see what I think is funny? Get up here. 
Yeah. There. Splash. Oh, my there God. There you go. Boo. <laughs> Boo. I, you're an asshole. I'm going to talk to the manager out the side door, the New York side door. Yeah, know? I love that and side door. Yeah. And then uh, I come around the back. I towel off and I watch the rest of the shit. He goes, I, I was only trying to make you laugh. <laughs> and then he goes into when they hate him, get him back again from the hatred. So I right. was the trigger for the hatred. That's so. <laughs> I mean, I try to tell people what that side door was. I mean, because there were times when I was on stage and, the, you know, other comics would be banging on the door, you know. <laughs> hey, I forgot. Did I leave a joke here? Yeah. <laughs> it was That place was really something special. And they had the best. Homemade French fries. Anyway, he he used to fry right. the potatoes. Yeah, they they the were wedges. the uh, the, yeah. the, the, the Salvador Dali fries. Yeah, hangover. Oh, yes. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Richard Lewis. Bells. Belzer. Um, did Bells and I remember all the time? I, uh, it was also uh, Jack Raymond. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> Get the fuck out of the house. I have a very funny Studio 54 story. I'm trying to sneak in the back of Studio 54 because sometimes it's, it's like Coke break or, or right. you know, weed break guys who go outside to smoke some weed and they leave the cracked door open in the right. back. And sometimes the guard's not there. And you're just like, ha, ha, ha. You walk back in like you're right. a friend, you know. And uh, so there's this guy sitting on the step out right behind by the door outside. And uh, I think it's Grayman. Right. And so I go, hey, Jack. And he goes, hey. Because he just thinks I'm going, hey, Jack. Hey, pal. Hey, bub. Yeah. Like that. Uh, and I get closer and closer. It's Kurt Vonnegut. No way. <laughs> and he looks just like Jack. You know, right, right. Mustache and yeah, yeah. hair, you know, like that. And uh, he just, he was like, he couldn't take the noise. And we were just sat right. outside for an hour and I talked for an hour with Kurt Vonnegut. Oh my God. <laughs> Thinking it was Jack Raymond. That's hilarious. And he used to go on stage as Burt Vonnegut Jr. He would do that character. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of, oh, that's, that's hilarious. And by the way, it, the improv, I, I went there too, but in the mid eighties, um, Silver uh, Friedman was the, <laughs> Booker, Bud Friedman, they, she was married to Bud. Bud left and opened in L.A. Silver was out of her mind, but, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, Larry I just G. saw Bud. You I did? Just had How lunch is with he? Him. He's How is, good. He's I love good. him. I, I love him. him. He's he's there. Yeah. He's there. Right there. And his mind is right there. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the thought processes. Right. This is about the channels to get it out. The to get it out of his devices. mouth. Yeah. That's all. That is all because you see him fight for exactly the word he is, right, is right. looking to say. And, you know, he knows it and you know it, too. Yeah. And so that's he is absolutely clear of thought. And I, don't worry yeah. about any part of that. He's just his struggle is how to get these messages out. And oh. everyone gets it. Everyone gets the yeah, basic uh, idea. Yeah. It all works. Yeah. I he was good to me. So thank you, bud. Um, yeah, Mark, Mark Price set that up for us. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with the legend that is Rick Overton. I just love everything about this guy. He's just a class act. 
Uh, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help and love of Brittany Jo Sowards. Now, if you uh, have not subscribed to the show and left a review, then there's something wrong with you. Like there's something wrong with everyone, but just like, please subscribe, leave a review, five stars, tell your friends about the show, and then you can talk about it amongst yourselves. Also go to my website, judygold.com. You can buy my book there. Yes, I can say that when they come with comedians, we're all in trouble. You can hear about everything I'm doing. You can look at old photos. You know, there's a lot you can do on that website. It's clickbait, baby. You know what I'm saying? Also, if you're on the Cape, come see me in Provincetown. I'm performing through Labor Day. Yeah, I'm doing other things. I'm in Minneapolis in September. I got, I have gigs coming up. I'm coming to Florida. So just, you know, check it out on my website, judygold.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at judygold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm Jewish, ding dong. Also, I say it every week, If you're not vaccinated, fucking get vaccinated. The world doesn't revolve around you and your fucking conspiracy theories. Okay? I'm I'm excluding people with autoimmune problems who can't get vaccinated. The rest of you are fucking assholes if you're not vaccinated. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of the summer. You know, that's it. Uh, I love you all and, and thank you all so much for listening. I have the best fans. I mean, all four of them. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, let's just kill me. Don't forget to turn for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's just. Just Kill Me. No. Judy Gold's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me Now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.